The Potoskiu Podcast is a proud member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's a nerd. And nerdette. From the Voice of Misery Podcast. If you want a show that's about pretty much anything, it's a variety show about life, love, mental health, the pursuit of happiness, and a ton of different interviews going from Karen Parsons to Ava Devine and other various adult film stars to just random people on the street that I think are interesting, you should give us a shot. Voices of Misery Podcast, Voices of Misery at Voices of Misery on Twitter, and Voices of Misery anywhere and anywhere you can find your favorite podcast. Give us a shot if you're not easily offended. Podescue Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero light mate, Rico. What's up, man? What's up, dude? That's how you fucking do it. That's how you fucking do it. Jesus. So. Do you do it? Do you do all that in one breath? Yes. Do you do that in all in one syllable? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's going on, dude? Um, Not too much. I, I worked uh, full shift yesterday so i'm a little fun tired. that's always fun yeah i mean the fun the funny thing is like oh man i worked a full eight hour shift you're like yeah everyone does and i'm like not me <laughs> are you are you guys still doing that like sidewalk sale thing for the first half of the day or no we haven't done that in a while because the weather was shit right and then i actually proposed to him my boss i said what if we bring that back because we have a lot of stuff on the sales shelf, plus it's good promotion for us for me to you know be out there and sell some shit, make some room for the store. And he said, "Yeah, but I don't think I can afford it." So I said, "Okay, well, how about this? I will, if we know in advance the weather's going to be good, I'll take off one of my days. You cover for me, and then I'll fill in for set work all day Saturday. So that way." You're not paying me anymore. The money still says to say what you pay me. It just shifts uh, one day you're there. It just shifts one day. So, yeah. and he, we were still sort of discussing because the weather out here is kind of uh, gray and looks slightly overcast and it's been really chilly. So the possibility of it being cold and clammy and shitty and possibly rainy and therefore what's the point? Right. Know? Right. So I told him, I said, let's figure out. Tuesday if I'm going to come in Wednesday because then I'll be like hey I got a whole fucking four day weekend right right yeah. so um so what are we getting into tonight uh I I think if I remember correctly we are talking about it's Saturday Night Live well yes and yes and no yes and no because I think we're going to focus a lot on the movies that have come from both the the Former cat, former and current cast members, as well as um, movies. Well, yeah, the yeah the movies, but the not only the cast members, but the sketches, some of the sketches that have inspired movies as well. Sure. So, you got really quiet all of a sudden. Did I? Yeah. I haven't changed anything. Yeah. So I mean, the different sketches. Some of the sketches 
produced some pretty good movies and some of them produced some pretty crap movies. So, you know. Yeah. Um, not for nothing, but I still have never seen Night at the Roxbury. The, the only time that sketch was actually funny to me was when Jim Carrey was a host. Yeah, and he, yeah. He was he was one of the tree. He was part of the deal. He was the like cousin of them or something. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, and I agree with you. Prior to that, I wasn't, or besides that one, you know. Same thing with whatever the fuck Molly Shannon's superstar character. Superstar. Was. Yeah, that's what the thing yeah, was stick, called. Sticking her fingers in her arm, like, like I get SNL is supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be a sketch comedy. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be silly. Sometimes it's supposed to be very witty and 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 intelligent with some of their jokes. Sometimes it's just like, hey, we're gonna have a character literally stick her fingers in her armpits and smell it because it's weird. And we're like, how the fuck did that get through the writing like room? Like, what the fuck? Well, and I mean, without beating the show to death, I feel like it hit. There was a period in the aughts, if you will. Mm -hmm which is when that was. It was like late 90s, early aughts, yeah. that yeah. I think it really hit a, a, a low a low point. The show did, you know. I think it's happened a couple times. Like oh, yeah. Point, yeah. There was yeah. a point in like the early 80s where it happened. Yes. Early to mid 80s. Yes. Um. All right. Well, well, give me one of your favorite sketches. Do you have one at the top of your head? Oh, God. Um... I, uh, I yes, but I can think of like four. You know okay. what I mean? That's a thing. You know, and they're all over the place. Like that's sure, that's fine. You know. So like the church lady, without question, is one of my favorite sketches. Okay. Um, I always liked. Uh, well, I'll save this. I'll save that till the end because it's not really a sketch. Um, but yeah, so the church lady. Um, I'm actually a big fan of the Jeopardy with Will Ferrell. You know, I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan, but that Jeopardy sketch was always pretty fucking funny. You know? I agree. The fact that was it Daryl Hammond was always Sean Connery yeah, and your he's mother's like, a whore. <laughs> you know, it's like I'll think, I'll take, hold on, I'll take the rapist for two hundred, Alex. Yeah, That's therapist, Mister Connery, therapist, not, not, not the way I do it. <laughs> you know. He yeah. would make jokes, you know, and then occasionally you would get, um, you would get, um, fuck, what's his name is Burt Reynolds. Oh, Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald, <laughs> yes, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, that, and they've done a, a new version of that sketch with, um, Keenan Thompson where it's now like Black Jeopardy or something like that. And it's, it's okay, but it's not as It's funny. not as funny. It, yeah. It's, the whole point is it's like, hey. It's it's less celebrity impersonations and more of, you know, hey, these white people are crazy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, there's that. Um, trying to think. I always like the one with the waiters. That was always a good one. You like it a juice? I like it a juice. He like it a juice. You know, it was, and it was <laughs> Sandler. It was usually Sandler, Spade, Farley, and Schneider would be yeah. that do that bit that was usually their bit um I, i'm too for for as much fun as we make fun of our age difference i am still too young to have seen like i've seen the clips of like ed Gurley, um you know with uh martin short the dude with the hair and oh i never really watched i mean i met martin short but i never really fucking 
Right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm a little okay. too. Yeah, but I've seen clips of that one. I've seen the Wild and Crazy Guys. Yeah. You know, with Dan Aykroyd. I've seen Buckwheat with Eddie Murphy a couple times. I've seen Gumby with Eddie Murphy a couple times. You know, I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> right. You know. So I mean, like, those are those are like all time classic clips. You know. So right. I've seen those, but I didn't see them when they aired. So the 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 ones with like Spade and Farley and yeah. and um. Oh, who's the guy? His wife, Phil Hartman. You oh, know, God. yeah, I know it sucks. We lost a lot out of. I mean, we've lost over the course of Saturday Night Live. You've lost some great talent too early. I mean, going all the way back to the first year with Belushi. You know, you know, I, you know. There's a. Did you ever seen the sketch where Belushi? It was like the finale of the first season, and it was Belushi as an old man at a, at a cemetery. Oh wow! And he's taught. He's commenting on all the tombstones of all the previous, on all the at the time the current SNL characters, right? Uh, actually, excuse me. And he was the first to go. Like it yeah. was, it's really kind of a hauntingly tragic and ironic like sketch. He's like, I outlived them all. It's like, no, you didn't. No, dude. you didn't. Yeah, um, you were the first to go. Right. So I mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah, not. And I'm not trying to just gloss over that. But I mean, there's not much else you can say except it sucks. But you know, yeah. Um, you get back up into the years that I'm familiar with, and you had like, you know, and we're probably gonna get into this a little bit later. Adam Sandler takes a lot of shit for his movies. You know what I mean? And well, sometimes deservedly so. Right. I'm not. Not saying, you know, but he takes a lot of shit. And sometimes even when it's deserved, it, it's more than it's even deserved. Sometimes, I think. Sure. But that's, you know. And, but his his sketch comedy is like, I mean, Canteen Boy was another good one. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite, but it was a, it was a good one. Um, Opera Man. Opera, well, see, Opera Man, okay, so the, you asked me about my sketches, and I said I skip one till the end. And that's the weekly update, the weekend update, mm-hmm. like the news sketch. And... But there's a specific weekend update with a particular host that's like better over others. Like you know, Seth Meyers and Tina Fey, I thought was infinitely better for me. No, give me Dennis Miller and Norm Macdonald. Oh, not Norm Macdonald, but um, Kevin Nealon over Tina Fey okay. every day of the week. Like both those mm. were good. Like Dennis Miller's gone batshit right wing crazy, but back then he was fun to listen to. You know what I mean? Well, I get a lot of my news from Seth Meyers still. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah. Well, now he does that night, that late night show, as opposed to he does. Yeah. Well, he does he does late? He does. What is it? Late late late, late show night. Or, late late no, night. No, I no, think. No, or, oh yeah, I know. What he you're does late. About. He does a late show because late late is James Corden. Oh, so is that James? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he does his uh uh what um. Fuck! What is it called? His his little—it's his most popular segment where he's just like doing politics. It's essentially weekend update, but but politics. on his show, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I watch a lot. I mean, I like Seth Meyers. I don't, you know, I also love his his Boston sketch he did. Yeah. Um. See, those I'm not real familiar. I'm not real familiar with Seth's sketches because I didn't really watch once. No- well, his Once, sketches are now more on his show as opposed to SNL. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, even that cast, those people, like, I know the names, and I could probably pick mm-hmm. out some of their faces, but for the most part, you know, I, 
You know, like the guy who was dating Ariana Grande um, with all the tattoos that was Pete. Pete Davidson, I think it is. Pete Davidson. Davidson. Like, until I couldn't pick him out till just recently when I watched the Eddie Murphy episode, and only because I watched the Eddie Murphy Murphy episode because it was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Uh, Sandler when Sandler came back for the first time after like twenty five years or some ridiculousness. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Pete Pete Davidson, I I think gets a lot of hate. Like I, I actually kind of look. I he, saw... he did one sketch on the episode with the 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 Eddie Murphy episode, and it was it was the it was a weekend update sketch. Like he came in, and it was horrid. It was like it's almost you know, like they they didn't know what to fill like ten minutes with, and they were like, "Pete, go sit up there and say stupid shit." I think that's literally what happened because he wasn't. He's not on SNL anymore. I think he's left. Well, maybe. No, I think he was still in the credits, or like he was like, you know how they did like starring, and then they have yeah. also, and then they have also. Pete or, Davidson. Yeah, like I think he was in that group. But anyway, okay. I, I. What are some of your no, favorite sketches, though? Um, I was very fond of um, Coneheads, just of how ridiculous oh, yeah. it was. I actually like the movie better than the sketches, though. I agree. Uh, but I remember being like, because like SNL, when you're a little kid is sort of like, you're seeing adults play. It it really is that. So to see like grown ass fucking people with weird cone prosthetics on their head, pretend to be weird aliens was just like, this is when you're a little kid. It's a way, it's a way to bond with your parents in a weird roundabout way. Yeah. Because a lot of the old adult jokes are going to go over your head. Because when I saw the movie, the whole, like, this is how we have sex. And it's like the rings on their cones. And yeah. Chris Farley and whoever the fuck played the daughter. I can't remember who played the daughter. Uh, yeah, she's a pretty famous person, if I recall, actually. I'll look it up. I think it's the cone. You just can't tell who. what. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's it's like Zoe Deschanel without bangs. You're like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> right, right. No, but I remember um, I remember looking it up once and going, oh, crap, that's her. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm going to do it again now. But I remember thinking that once a long time ago. I always had a weird kind of fascination with Dan Aykroyd's voice. Yeah. Especially in Coneheads and in, like, Tommy Boy. Because he sounds like, he, like, he has this kind of weird, like, way of talking, like, weird Right, way right, right. Of, yeah, yeah, like it's it's high pitched and nasally and kind of not all at the same time. It's, it's you know we're on a mission from God. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can't also, find I, her. I, I still can't fucking figure out how to fucking uh, spell his name properly. Who? Um, Dan Aykroyd. It's oh. always so weird. I know it's like it should be A K R O, but it's like not. It's like there's a Y where there's not supposed to be a Y. Yeah, it's like. A- it's A Y K R O Y D, right? It's it, what the fuck? It's yeah. Aerocoid. Aerocoid. Um, I can't find the. I've got Dan and Jane Curtin, but I can't find the daughter. She's not in. What's it listed in under? Yeah, know. she's not in the cast. She's got to be. She's in the cast. But it must maybe be like up, maybe look it up on Wikipedia. It'll say like, "Oh, daughter played by." Yeah, but that's really weird, don't you think? Like you would think she'd be close to the top of that list. Maybe because she they're doing it by um, 
order of appearance. So she doesn't come to like a third, like after the first act, because the first act is them landing, you know, integrating themselves into society, getting the IDT Chico, you know, kind of like right, false right. name and, and then getting married, water breaks with a fucking flood. And then, yeah, you know, that little, yeah. mon- little montage of, of them, which is a little baby. And then she's 16. And so that's probably, you know, no, she's not, she's not here. Oh, hold on. <laughs> here she is. I got her. Michelle Burke. Okay. Couldn't tell you who the fuck that is at the top of my head. But I know if I was like, oh, it's the chick. From well, she's in, you see, uh, that's where I know her from. She's in a couple of movies that I really like. She's in Days and Confused. Mm. And she's in Major League Two. Mm. I never saw Major League Two. It's okay compared to the first uh, one. But yeah. Um, um, let's see. What's another? But that's, that's why I know her because of Days and Confused. Another sketch that I really liked. I mean, look, we talked about this on an episode. But, like, I was a massive Chris Farley fan. I still yeah. am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Matt Foley. Oh, God. Always... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Living in a ferry and down by the river. Yeah. I mean, like, the Chip and Dale sketch is pretty funny. Yeah. It's not but as good like, as the Matt, the Matt but guy. The, but yeah. there's a lot of, like, Farley sketches that you kind of watch now. And... It's there's a lot of sadness, like because in that whole thing, it's like the judges with like Kevin Nealon and Mike Myers, they're like saying, hey, so we're going to go with, you know, Swayze because he's obviously thinner and more athletic looking and yours is just not. And Chris Farley's like, "Uh huh. Yeah. I, yeah oh, of course. I understand. And 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 you look inside, you're like, he really was like upset about that. Like, Chris but that's Farley. The- yeah, it's because he's good at what he did. I mean, but like he, Chris Farley, towards the end of his life, like he was so he got upset and he He got got big, big. but like he was also like so embarrassed by the movies that he put out. Like when he saw the cut of Beverly Hills Ninja with his producer and with his agent, he cried because he was like, don't make me do this again. Don't make me do another movie like this. He's like, stop making me do fatty fall down is what he called it. Fatty fall down. Right. The mat, the mat. Cause he would always fall and break the table. That well, mat. he fell in every fucking thing yeah. in, in, in all of his movies. I mean, black sheep, there's a whole fucking scene where he's rolling down a hill for five minutes. Yeah. And that was really Chris Farley. He did yeah. his own stuff. No, he did. Yeah. Um, the thing that was great about Farley, without getting into a whole, because I know we want to get into other stuff too, but sure. one of the things that was great about Farley that I always loved was, and this, from what I understand, drove Lauren Michaels nuts, was people couldn't keep it together when they were in sketches with him because he was just that over the top. Like you would wa- you would watch sketches and you'd see like Sandler, Spade, Spade, Spade especially, Spade especially, but Sandler too. Yeah. You know, just yeah, losing. All right, yeah. yeah, you know, um, like the Gap Girls. Like I remember a specific one with the Gap Girls <laughs> where I, I forget Lay what the con- man, I'm starving. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't that one. I forget <laughs> what the. You know, he was laughing. You remember that laugh he would do as a Gap Girl? That that <laughs> like it was that. Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> no, it would, it would be like. It would have that like lilt to it. It would be like up and down, like and 
he did it the one time, and it was and whatever it was, and, and Spade and Sandler both just fucking lost well, it. For Matt Foley, the, the first sketch of Matt Foley, he you could see Sandler just constantly putting his hands in front of his face, trying to make it look like he's just not laughing. Oh so yeah, like, yeah. No, it's Spade. You said Sandler it was Spade. Spade, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Farley sees that he's making Spade and, laugh, and... so he's just like. Oh, it sounds like you're not using your right for writing. It's for rolling doobies. Like, yeah. You just see, <laughs> see Spade just like, oh, fuck. And then lift him up and then, you know, oh, Matt's going to be your shadow. Here's you, dears, Matt, dears, you. Then falls on the table, just destroys it. Yeah, and I that mean... wasn't planned, allegedly. So seeing Spade's reaction is like the most natural, like, right. oh, my God, he broke a fucking table. <laughs> Right, and it, it and jumped right up like nothing happened. You know, we we mentioned earlier, and and maybe we'll do a deeper dive on on this subject later. But you know, we talked earlier about some of the sketches that it really did work as movies, and some sketches it didn't do so well as movies. You know, they never did a Matt Foley movie, but I kind of wonder how that would have done. Do you know? Just be him eating a whole block of government cheese in a van. Down by the river. Well, no, but I would envision it almost like a Jane by Silent Bob Strike Back, like a road trip thing where he's, you know, advising people as he's they go. Motivational speaking at like schools and shit, or just random people's houses, just like you yeah. know, yeah. Well, with I some mean, kind of I main guess... goal at the end. Like I don't know what that would have been, but you know what I'm saying. Well, I mean, think about it. Like that's sort of what Tommy Boy is. Yeah, no, and 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 Tommy Boy is probably the only Farley movie I like that he did. Unfortunately, you know. Yeah, I but, mean, he he would have been. He was uh, originally Shrek. I did not know that. There's actually like he actually started recording a lot of the Shrek Aud- dialogue. So there's audio. Yeah, there's audio on online. You can listen to. It. It's weird because we're now so used to Shrek being like. Oh, hey, donkey, like Scottish right. shit. Because that's what Mike Myers... And Mike Myers actually, like, he recorded it straight first. And he's like, you know what? No. Streck needs to be Scottish. And then had them, like, he, like, had to, like, go back and redub just the entire fucking movie with a Scottish accent. It put, like, the, the, the studio, like, back, like, another $10 million. Yeah. Like, God damn it, dude. What the fuck? Yeah, but so, then considering how much money they've made, I think they kind of cut that back in space. Yeah, but has anyone seen past, like, two of oh, yeah. Shrek 2? Yeah, those Shrek really? movies make bank. Yeah, I haven't, uh, but I mean, I know they I make bank. Either. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw one and two, and I'm like, that's it. I saw Puss in Boots. Um, but, but yeah, so, yeah I mean. Chris Farley was, was original. It's weird, because it's Chris Farley. It's not like, like, all I'm trying to tell you is get out of my swamp. Like, yeah, you know. It's just, it's just. Chris Farley, but green is really what it is. Right, right. You know, and it's just, it's just a shame we're not getting more of Chris. You know, because I think I think he I think he would have taken the route of Robin Williams, and I don't mean the end. I mean the the path. The seriousness. You know? I think he would have done both. I think he still would have got your your comedic movies, but he also would have done some of those serious movies as well. You know. Did we discuss? Uh, the alleged curse of the Fatty Arbuckle role? No, I don't think okay. so. Do you know who Fatty Arbuckle was? The name sounds familiar, but I no, I can't say that I do. His, his name was Roscoe 
Fatty Arbuckle. And he was like, he's now synonymous with rape and murder. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but he was a silent film star who like was up par with Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Harold Lloyd. He was just that guy. He was the fat guy, but he was right. a Chaplin-esque character. Right. And he got in the like the first Hollywood scandal was Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Um and then Chaplin dated an underage girl, and then now everyone only thinks about that. But um it was him, like it was a rape and murder. There's a whole trial and yada, yada, yada. And it completely fucking ruined him. There have been so many attempts. Well, not maybe not so many, but three major attempts to try and bring a Fatty Arbuckle story to screen. Number one was John Belushi. He was in the process of getting ready to do it. And then he died. Number two was Farley. John Candy. Oh, okay. And then he died. Like every single time it was them in the midst of pre-production and like script rewrites and like, okay, the next movie is going to be Fatty Arbuckle. And then it was Chris Farley, like the three biggest heavy set guys guys that wasn't, that wasn't like, you know, um, Laurel and Hardy or I'm sorry, uh, Hardy. And then Lou Costello were these three guys, Yeah, you know, Candy, Belushi and, and, uh, and Farley. So, I mean, now it's kind of like been shelved. It's the unproduced, like, you know what it is? It's the Macbeth of biopics. Right. Because there's that whole thing of like, you don't say Macbeth, you call it the Scottish play. Well, if you're fat and you want to be a dramatic, you know, actor and you're also a comedian, don't do Fatty Arbuckle because you'll die. Well, you know, it, it, I, I'm sure you didn't, weren't alluding to this and we'll, We'll certainly come back to this later, but you and I talked yesterday and you mentioned a comedy special that Sandler did on Netflix mm. yeah. that I did go and watch before we recorded. Yeah. And he sings a song that he also sang on Saturday Night Live. I think it's a slightly longer version of it, but it's essentially the same song yeah. honoring Farley. And at one point he talks about how he said to them said to Farley, you're going to end up like Candy and Belushi if you don't, like, knock it off. Yeah. And and apparently Farley's response was, those guys are my heroes, so that's fine with me. And yeah. here we are, you know. Um, they, I mean, Belushi and Farley both died at the same age. Yeah. And both of... The same... A, well, it's, it wasn't the exact same thing. It was a speedball combination. Right, and so, well, and technically, Farley died of a heart attack as a result of he didn't uh, die. He didn't die of an overdose. He had a heart attack brought well, on. Well, he died by, of a heart attack brought on by the overdose. Right, and right. For being four hundred pounds, and, and yes, but I'm saying you can die flat out from an overdose versus yeah. a heart attack brought on by drug use. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not saying that it, makes it any better, but yeah. Farley's death is is really sad. I've seen the photos. Yeah, Deb, photos. Deb and I were talking about it. She's seen them too. I have not, and I don't Dude, think I want to. <laughs> you don't want to. It, it's really, it, it's it, they're ugly. It, it's an autopsy photo without the the cut open, the, like yeah, w- without being cut open. It, yeah. it's just it's it's a sad, sad death, and it's really sad because someone took a fucking someone took the photos. It was a hooker that was with him, mm. and he overdosed and fell on the floor, and passed out and she just decided to take photos like she could have saved that motherfucker's life well maybe 
I mean, depends on how you we you don't know all the details like she that. She could have tried. She could have tried, sure. Of course. No, she left. And then his brother found I him. Think Kevin P. Farley uh found him. Yeah. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Chris. I, I I know you have. I know you have. And it's it's come up both on air and off air a couple times. And not not saying that in a shitty way, just no. it's come up. Um But you brought up the Sandler special and that's yeah. great. Did you like the Sandler special? Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting, but yeah. No. Um but yeah, I did. And we'll and we'll talk about it, but since we've been talking about Farley's passing, I want to I mean, there's been several that have passed on, like Gilda Radner passed away, but she passed away from, like, cancer, and that doesn't make it any less tragic, but it's no, nothing... She, she of, yeah, she died of ovarian cancer. Um, um, she was also the wife of Gene Wilder. Right. But the the person I wanted to talk about briefly, with no disrespect to, Gil, to Gilda Radner or anyone else, for that matter, is Hartman, because that was another, like, out-of-left-field... And that oh, one God. isn't even his fault, you know? Like, that's the even more tragic thing. Like, not saying Farley deserved it or anything, but, like, he brought that well, upon himself, you well, know? he and Belushi partied hard and died even harder. But, like, right. Phil Hartman, you know, you're right. You remind me of uh, when, see, Hartman and Farley both actually left at the same time. Yeah, they well, left a lot the of that year. cast, a lot of that cast left at the same time. But they both, well, yeah, but they left at the same time and they did a closing song together. Oh, really? Where, yeah, it's online where Hartman is sitting on the stage and Farley is like cuddled up against him, up leaning his head against his shoulder. And Hartman is like doing a goodbye, farewell kind of song. Okay. And you watch it now and you can't help but fucking cry because they were both dead within. Months, like months you, of each other. Yeah. yeah, i I don't normally show our hand on the show, but mm. I think I think that might have to be our damn it for this week, mm. for this episode. You know, so I have to see if I can find it. Um, or or uh, ending it with the uh, Sandler Farley song. Yeah, either one. I think that's yeah. I think that's appropriate. Um, anyway, not not to make it all sad, but I I we can't you know. We can't not talk about it. You know, it's a part of what happened with the show and the cast. And, you know, you and I have big proponents for getting help if you have mental illness. And that's, you know, a great talk about this because that's what happened with his wife. She she had, I don't know the specifics, but she had a mental illness. That's uh-huh. been confirmed, you know. She also was uh, heavily addicted to cocaine. Okay. I, I, I don't think I knew that. but uh, she... I know a little bit of backstory. So, Andy Dick. Am, am I incorrect about the mental illness? Because I thought she had you're, that too. You're not incorrect. Okay. You're, you are correct that she has a, a mental illness, but it was uh, made worse with her cocaine use. Sure. And the comedian, and I say that term very fucking loosely, uh, Andy Dick, okay. was heavily supplying her. Well... There's a lot you know, of negative stories about Andy Dick that we won't oh, get into. Oh, I can't stand the motherfucker. Um, at one point, he got in Lovitz's face because Lovitz got into an argument with him at a restaurant. And Andy Dick said, I'm going to put the Phil Hartman curse on you. Oh. And 
allegedly, like we could talk shit about John Lovitz too. Yeah. John Lovitz comes off very good in this story. Right. He apparently fucking grabbed him by the throat and slammed against the wall, which no, to be he, fair, it's, it's Andy Dick. It's not that difficult to do that. Right. And, and it sounds like he kind of deserved it. Look, like you said, we're not the biggest Lovitz fans, but that's not, that's not the because way to go. Because I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> Acting. Acting. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, yeah, anyway. Andy Dick, and I, I would say he could eat a dick, but I think he'd like to go down that way. He does, yeah. Um, um, but, but, yeah, he, he supplied, I don't remember Hartman's wife's name, but he supplied the cocaine. She was being really manic, and Hartman was really kind of, he had tried leaving her at one point. Yes, I, then, I'd heard that. And he was trying to get her help, and... I mean, Hartman was Canadian. He was really trying to fucking work shit out, you know? Yeah, he was, yeah. And he, he's such a... He's one of those guys where, like, you look at the 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 persona, and he he was very kind of like, Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm squeaky clean. I'm Phil Hartman. Like he, And then you think, oh, there's got to be some seediness behind that. But I honestly think Phil Hartman was just a really good dude, through and through, you know? He sometimes played slightly seedy characters like on the Simpsons. Um, you know, he was Troy McClure, who's always, you know, the actor has been. And then he was Lionel Hutz, the lawyer, who was just like eventually, because out of respect, you know, of Hartman's passing, you never saw those characters again. And they kind of replaced them with, you know, the the shrewd lawyer, you know, that guy, you know, yeah, the, the Sim- blue Sim- The Simpsons have always been good about that. If someone, and we talked about it briefly on a previous episode, so we don't need to deep dive it again, but if, if someone passes who's done the voices, they usually just kind of, they either acknowledge it in a very positive way or they just let them slip away, but not in a shitty way, just showing retire, respect. Retire gracefully, yeah. Right, Which is really weird because, like, very clearly... Um, I don't know his Zap Manigan or whatever the fuck his name is from Futurama. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? Like he's the Mm-mm. heavy, he's the buff guy who's like the head, he's like the captain of a spaceship on Futurama. His name is like Zip Manigan or oh, something. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't watch the show, but I know who you're talking about. It's a he's he a blonde so character, clearly, and yeah, 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 yeah. He's so clearly based on a Phil Hartman, Hartman type yeah. character. That yeah. Like oh. Fuck, we don't have Phil Hartman, but we made such a great character. We're gonna have the guy do an impression of Phil Hartman. So, um, I I want to move on to um, some other, you know, the stuff, the movie parts. But before we get there, just a little last um, history or, or trivia, if you will, of Saturday Night Live. So, and I think you'll, I think you'll appreciate this. And I'm gonna actually ask you the question first: Who is the f- first host? Of Saturday Night Live. Now I have it here, so I don't. I, I know George Carlin. Which, holy fuck! Like, but here's the thing: he wasn't Carlin it, like he is, like he got to be. Well, he was, but because this is 1975, he wasn't even. He was still long haired, beard, you know, okay, shit, pitch, yeah, cock sucker, motherfucker, tits, Carlin. But he wasn't doing any sketches at the time. He was the host, but he was just doing stand up. In between sketches. That's all it was. It wasn't it like wasn't, it is now, it, yeah. No, not even close. But, but still. You're right. It's, it's a weird, like, wow. It's still a good, it's, it's still a good 
grab, you know what I mean? I would have loved to have seen Carlin do some fucking sketches, you know? Um, yeah, definitely, for sure. Do you know who the first female host was? Only three episodes after that. I don't, but I... Could you give me a hint and I could try and guess it? I think if I, the only hint I can come up with I think would give it away, but... I, I'm just... I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to say, like, I don't know, Lucille Ball. <laughs> no, no. Um, was I even close? No. no. <laughs> I was trying to think of baby, but no. Uh, Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen? Who's Candace Murphy, Bergen? Murphy Brown. What the hell is Murphy Brown? Oh my god. Alright, fuck you. Never mind. Moving on. Do you, I know do you really Candace not know, Bergen. or are you just fucking with me? No, I know Murphy Brown, and I know Candace Bergen, but I don't know... The, I've never seen... Like I know the name Candace Bergen. Okay. But I kept thinking, like... Like the chick who plays DJ in fucking Full House? Well, that's Candace no, that's, something. That's Candace Cameron. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Candace Bergen is, and this is before Murphy Brown, so I don't know specifically why she hosted it that time. Not that she didn't deserve it, but I okay. don't know what, you know, what would have made her. Because she, Murphy Brown is really what made her, like, you What's know, the in. the of Murphy Brown? It sounds like a law show or a cop show. It's a TV no show, new show, actually. She was a. A, she was on a like a six o'clock news kind of thing, um, okay. and it was it was its own network. So it wasn't ABC, CBS, any of those. It was its own network, but it wasn't cable network. It was it was like a fictional broadcast network. Okay, and, I get, Okay, I get what you're saying. And so, so you like have your update, but like all show. Yeah, but it wasn't. They would try to do real news. Like okay. she got into it with Dan Quayle, like for real. Like really, yeah. Like, cause in the latter seasons of Murphy Brown, and we're going way off here, but in the latter seasons of Murphy Brown, the character had a child out of wedlock, mm-hmm. and this was in the uh, height of George H. W. Bush's um, presidency. So Dan Quayle was his vice president. So this is the but wait, George H. W. Bush was president 80s. in like. Late, late 80s. 80s, early 90s. I mean, correct. That's what I'm saying. Like Murphy Brown okay. was well okay. after. It also ran for like, I think 10 seasons. Like it was on for a while. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and Dan Quayle at a campaign speech took a shot at Murphy Brown, not Candace Bergen, at Murphy Brown for having a child out of wedlock and destroying family values in America. And they did a whole fucking like four episodes on it and, and just murdered at him. It was wow. Yeah, it's a good oh, show, good. man. If you can go watch, because they they Murphy Brown unfortunately fell into the cycle of reboots that have been going on lately. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like Will and Grace and all these other shows, The Connors, which actually is still running. I think it's one of the only ones still running. Will and Grace actually is ending. Um, I didn't even know Will and Grace came back. It was the first one to start this. Will and Grace was the first one. Like it came back and it did so well that it it spawned all these other reboots. the The original Murphy Brown, if you can find it, I don't know if it's on Hulu. I don't or, know. Maybe I'll, I'll see if we have it at work. That'd be interesting. I don't think it ever got put on DVD or anything, so I don't know. Oh, well, um, a- I mean, you can you can look, but I don't I don't think so. It's a good show, though. Um, okay. Anyway. But she was she was the first female host. Um, okay. You and I talked about this off air yesterday, I believe. Do you want to guess guess who has the most hosts hostings right now? Was I right when I said it last night? I don't remember what you said. I said Steve Martin. 
No. Okay. No. You're Is not it? wrong because he was just passed in the last couple of years. He was it, number one until 2017. Okay, so it's it's got to be Tom Hanks. Nope. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Um. One more guess, and then we're moving on. It's not Lovitz. No. No. It, not even close. Love, not even Lovitz close. Is, no. Alec Baldwin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Baldwin took took over the number one spot on a February eleventh, twenty seventeen, and holds the record for hosting, having performed the duty seventeen times since nineteen ninety. So in twenty years, he's hosted seventeen times. Not to mention, he's come on even when he's not the host, As, just to play yeah. Donald Trump and a couple other roles before yeah. Trump. Yeah, he's been on. Um, another Alec piece Baldwin. of another Alec piece of interesting. Yeah. Um. Another piece of interesting trivia: Eddie Murphy is the only person to host the show while still a member of the cast. Yeah, someone canceled, so he took. I over. have who? If you want to tell, oh, you who, me to who tell canceled? You. Nick Nolte. <laughs> I can't do this shit anymore. <laughs> That's what Nick Nolte sounds like, though. Yeah. Um. The last thing we'll get into. I'm gonna see if I can get it to come up real quick here. If it, yeah. The uh, Five Timers Murphy, Club. What? The Five Timers Club. Uh-huh. When Eddie took over for Nick Nolte, he said, live from New York, it's the Eddie Murphy Show. Like, he didn't even call it. Oh, that's it funny. He's like, fuck you guys, it's the Eddie Murphy Show. There's, <laughs> some interesting, there's some interesting people in this Five Timers Club that I would not have guessed, honestly. And some of them more more recent. um, Like Jonah Hill's in the Five Time Club. Jonah Hill. Yeah, ScarJo is in the Five Timer Club. I've seen, seen ScarJo did one. Re- Adam Driver did one recently, and he did a really interesting monologue. I'm sure he did. Uh, um, Drew Barrymore is in the Five Timers Club. Yeah, but Drew Barrymore was doing shit in the '80s, so that makes sense. Well, let's see. Her last appearance, because what I have here is their first, their fifth, and the time it took to get there, and then their most recent appearance. Like it's all listed right here. Uh-huh. Drew Barrymore's most recent one was in 2009, and that was her sixth. The hell was Drew Barrymore doing in 2009? Is it Charlie Angels? Maybe. No. No. Char- the first, two, the only Charlie's Angels was like 2001 and then like 2004. Okay. What the fuck was Drew Barrymore doing in 2009? Don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, um, oh, she I, might have started doing like directing. Maybe. That time. Maybe. Um, according to this, do you want to guess who number two is? And now number number two for what context hosted like number of times. Oh, I'm sorry. Give me the, I'll give you just the top three and then we'll move on. But the, the top most host host. Yeah. Most times hosting. So we know Baldwin's one. Okay. It, is Steve Martin. One of them. He's number two. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just going to go on a stab here. Tom Hanks isn't three. No, he's okay. not. Okay. How, do, can you tell me the number Han- of times they hosted? Hanks is actually fifth, just so you know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, 13 is the number for number three. Were they a cast member? No. Okay. None, uh, of the, none of the closest cast member in this list is Chevy Chase. Fuck Chevy Chase. I'm just saying, like, in terms of okay. you asked about cast. I don't know. Who's number three? It's Goodman. John Goodman. 
That makes so much sense. Right. Now, he's been on there a bunch. I didn't realize it was this many. And he hasn't done it since 2013, so it's been a while since he's done it. But Yeah. Uh, Okay. The the other thing that's really kind of interesting to me is... um, So, what it has here is how quickly it took you to get to the five-timers club, Mm -hmm. right? And you and I were talking off-air yesterday about... You know, we actually had a minor debate about whether or not Steve Martin was even a cast member because no, I said I he told was. You he wasn't. No, no, I'm saying no, no, no. I, I wasn't. I was saying that I said he was, okay. and you said he wasn't. To your point that he wasn't, it took him one year and 181 days to host it five times. So in the course of a year and a half, he hosted that show five times. Yeah, that doesn't count. He he was no, not a cast no, member. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it just to your point of right. him. Because you said to me, he, he hosted it so often, he seemed like a cast member, but he wasn't. Right. That's what right. you said to me, and that's just my point. Because the next closest is a guy named Buck Henry, who I've never heard of. I know the name Buck Henry, but I couldn't tell you. He hasn't hosted the thing since 1980. He's probably so dead. I'm thinking that. I'm actually about to click on it. Yes, but he just died this year like a month ago oh what the yeah. fuck is buck henry buck henry um born Sorry, henry's buck, I... yeah he's an american actor screenwriter and director he is twice nominated for an academy award uh for the graduate as for adapted screenplay and director for heavy kim wade is he the guy he looks who... a bit like spacey like his face looks like spacey it's not him but is he the guy in the Cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger sketch. Fuck if I know. I'm not I, even going to lie. I want to yeah. say, like, there's a guy in the... Fuck you, customer care text message. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I... We're... We're kind of going... Oh, shit. You remember the Katana set samurai sketch with uh, Belushi? Yeah. He actually apparently cut this guy on That's sta- who I thought it was. It wasn't a cheeseburger, cheeseburger. It was he actually fucked up a dude with a Katana. I well, knew Belushi, was, I knew no, Belushi, Belushi was involved. Belushi's the one that fucked him up. I uh, know, but yeah. I, I, oh, fuck, of course it's Belushi. Um, you know anyway, he gave him like a bunch of cocaine as an apology. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to what we wanted to talk about because we've gone way off the rails here a little mm. bit. But so, do you want to talk about the the actors and their movies first, or do you want to try to talk about some of these sketches that succeeded movie wise? I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, because... I guess they go hand in hand, don't they? They do. I mean, if you talk about Mike Myers, you're going to talk about the two... Wayne's World. Most Wayne's World, and then you're also going to talk about Austin Powers, which is not a SNL right. sketch. But, right. it but also, it could have been. in a roundabout way, it is. I could see it being one, you know. Of course, and also Dr. Evil's voice is actually based on Lorne Michaels. Mm-hmm. So... I remember, I remember seeing that in an interview... With, uh, no, every everybody who does a Lorne Michaels impression sounds like they're doing a Doctor Evil impression. It's really right, weird. Right, right. You know. Oh well, you just can't come in like that. No. <laughs> like, um, I mean, Mike Myers is a really good example because he hasn't really made a whole career of amazing movies. I mean, you got Shrek. We talked about Shrek. Right. But that was lucky. You right, know? and then you have you have like you said, Austin Powers. You have Wayne's World, but then you also have So I Married an Ex Murderer, which is right. terrible. 
you know. It's not terrible. It's got actually a big cult following. Like that movie rents so fucking much. Really? Work. I'm well, surprised. Because it's set in San Francisco. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I could see that. It's it's just also a dark, underrated comedy. But like, I mean, this Austin- is probably not a great analogy, but like, it's like. I guarantee you Rocky rents more here than it does there. Not that that's, but Rocky's more, uh, a more popular movie than So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah, I but, mean, I would compare it to like, oh, which rents more? Rocky Five or. Oh, no. So I mar- no. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's still, it's still in Philly. There's still yeah, some yeah. tide. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But anyway. Um, but uh, and then you get Austin Powers, which you're right. It would seems like it would have been a sketch, like from SNL, just like yeah. British flame, you know, sort of over exaggerated '60s spy with the fucked up teeth, the fucked up glasses, and do I make you and, a horny baby? <laughs> not when you talk like that. <laughs> Apparently, uh, we make Jay horny, but yeah, you know. Jay, do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. I mean, I would love to. I would see a fourth one if they if they do it right. I mean, I I I loved them all when they came out because I was a fucking kid. They're really I, kind of like juvenile movies. Goldmember pushed it for me. I feel like I think he he took it too far with that one. Like he was trying to him doing like four roles in that movie was like. Come on. Right, because three roles is just, you know, perfect. Well, what? Awesome, well, yeah. Yeah, evil, yeah. fat bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goldmember right. just wasn't funny. You know what I mean? No. Like, and, and you know, look, I know the Bay Hive is going to come after me for this one, but Beyonce was terrible. I'm sorry. Um, I really can't compare her acting to anything else apart from, like, she no, played but I like James. Once? No, right, but I'm saying like compared to like you know the the Anybody previous else? and the previous female sidekicks he had in the first two, you know Heather Graham and uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, I was blanking on their names, so I apologize. Yeah. But yeah, and also, um, oh fuck, there was the OG uh, side female sidekick that was in like the she was the mother of oh, Elizabeth yeah, yeah, Hurley's yeah. character. I can't. Mimi, yeah, I don't. Mimi Rogers. Which, by the way, maybe Rogers is the one who first married Tom Cruise and got him into Scientology. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, but that did good well, you know. And the ultimate irony is that Beyonce may have been like the quote unquote worst one of the th- of the three female leads of the Austin Powers. But like, how many? When was the last time we saw Elizabeth Hurley or, yeah, or Heather, Heather Graham, Graham in a yeah. fucking movie? For sure, but uh, I mean Heather Graham was in everything in the fucking nineties and two thousands. She was the hot a, blonde yeah. chick. I I had heard, and I don't want to get into a deep thing on this because we got more important things to talk about. But I'd heard that Alicia Silverstone was supposed to be one of those, one of them, at one point. And then Batman for Batman and Robin came out, and they're like, Haha, no. Or I don't know what caused her not to do it, but it yeah, was, maybe it was her doing her birding thing with her fucking kid. No, I think that was after the fact. But, um... so weird. It is weird. So yeah. weird. Um, and she's like a vegan, so she's just eating tofu and spitting in her kid's mouth. Anyway. Imagine for one second being Alicia Silverstone's kid and being like, why did you do that? 
I because no, you I, wanted yeah, it, because you I, asked me to do that. You're an adult. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I don't know. But um, yeah. So there's that. What? There's those movies from from Myers. You have um, obviously the Farley ones. We talked about to- some of them were real bust, but Tommy Boy did well. You Tommy know, Boy, Black Sheep. I mean, a lot of them were. I think were money makers. Um. But I don't like, think I, mean, I don't think Beverly Hills Ninja did well money wise. I think Beverly Hills Ninja did has a cult following. I think that movie made money based on how many times I rented that when I was a kid. Right, but <laughs> and I hate to say it this way, but does it have a cult following because Farley died? Like if he was still alive, would it be as popular? And I don't think so. Um, no, because he did make a movie called Almost, Almost. Almost Heroes. I always confuse between Almost Famous and Almost Heroes. Almost Heroes, where it's with him and Matthew Perry, and while Lewis and Clark are on their expedition, it's these other guys trying at the same time. And that movie, it was his quote-unquote last official film. He was like, he had a cameo in a movie that was released after he died, and so people were like, oh my god, the fuck, Chris Farley? But, uh, Almost you people heroes. know we record these things like, or we film these things long before. <laughs> yeah, but this was also like a year or two after he died, so it was right. a real shock for everyone to be like, "Oh, what the fuck? Right, he's right. back from the dead. How long did this take to film?" <laughs> um, so, whereas I, I, you know, I'm a sucker for most Sandler. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Farley comedies. I think Beverly Hills Ninja actually had a f- weird following because I'm like, of course, Chris Farley as a ninja, what could fucking go wrong? Everything. Let's watch yeah. it. Yeah. And again, like I said, I watched the movie a lot and uh, it also kind of helped that Chris Rock was in it. Rock, Rock, I feel like is underrated sometimes in, in the, when you think of these casts from Saturday Night Live. Do you know what I mean? I don't remember Rock being a prominent sketch cast member he was always a add-in to a yeah. lot of sketches he didn't star in a lot of sketches he had he had a couple that were really good but for the most part you know he had one i forget the name of the character but he was this african like and and it was very similar to the director role he does in strike back in that in its it's um, angry black guy yeah thank you i couldn't i was thinking of a better word for it but no i don't i um, mean that's it's not racist it's just what he was no no it's not i didn't think it was either but i thought i was just trying to think it was a better word for it that's all anyway um but not yeah happy he, african-american guy <laughs> but he was in that he was in that sketch i talked about with the waiters you yeah. know he was in that one he he'd be in a lot of other sketches he was in a lot of like there's a christmas sketch with hartman that i remember where he's one God. of the kids like but he's just he's just there. He's not But you know, you know. he wasn't an Eddie Murphy. You no. know what I'm saying? Like Eddie no. Murphy Eddie Murphy made a joke. He's like, it's the Eddie Murphy show. It's like, yeah, because it was. Like it really like yeah. Eddie Murphy it was so weird. Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo were like the guys running SNL for years. Like nineteen eighty one to eighty five or something. Yeah. And then they bo- and then like, but where the fuck is Joe Piscopo? Nowhere. Who the fuck even like? He's just now the butt of all the jokes. That's I, what Joe Piscopo is. I can't say specifically where, 
but I was a I was a call center rep for a bank for a while. Yeah. I'm and we had accounts from all over the East Coast. Okay. I'm pretty certain I helped Joe Piscopo with his bank account one day. So you helped ruin Joe Piscopo? No, no, no. This was <laughs> anyway. Um, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. Uh, yeah, Piscopo and and, Eddie and Murphy. If I'm right, it, he was pleasant as fuck. Like he was a nice guy. He wasn't. He's, a, he, you know. he's always a genial, fucking nice guy. Uh, well, I I've helped some other celebrities that I'm not going to name that were not really so friendly. Yeah. Oh, uh, you have to tell me off air. Yeah, um, you probably wouldn't know them because they're more like local celebrities to this area, but they're people that I would know, so you may not know them. Anyway. If they've been in a fucking movie, I probably know who it is. Unless no, they're not all movie people, is what I'm uh, saying. Yeah. They're, anyway. The, the cast of Murphy Brown? Yes, the cast of Murphy Brown. I helped every one of them. Um, okay. Yeah. But Piscopo and Eddie Murphy did a... Um, you asked me about what, what sketches I like. They did a Sinatra... And uh, oh, I think Stevie I remember Wonder. that one. Yes, I think I remember that one. Yeah. And Pis- Piscopo, see, like Phil Hartman did a Sinatra impression where it's like older. I remember that. Yeah. Sinatra. Drunk, angry Sinatra. Not yeah. drunk, but just like, well, he had a whole, he had like a whole like dais of, of, of fucking weird guests like Billy Idol. And, and like, he's just like, Hey, yo, Billy, what's with the snare? Why don't you try smiling, okay? Like, you know, giving, just like There's, trashing on the fucking uh, I don't know, panel but, that he has. What was this, like a, like a Friars Roast type sketch? No, it was like a talk show host that Sinatra. Oh, because there's, like, there's one that he did that sticks out from, it's same, it's same thing. It's, it's, it's Hartman as Sinatra, but mm-hmm. he's, he's doing like a, a, a charity album. And he's doing all these duets, so it's like a conga line of people like Billy Idol and them. Okay, and it's and it's and he's drinking and he's angry and he's like, "What the fuck am I singing?" He's not saying "fuck" because he's on Saturday Night Live, but like, he's right. like, "What am I singing?" There's been an incident of it happening, I know, but that's not, yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's there and he's angry and and it gets to a point where like instead of doing the whole song he's like doing a line and he's like next and they bring in the next guy and like I it's, do kind of vaguely remember that it's it's uh, a funny sketch well my point was is Hartman didn't care that no. he was like he but Piscopo knew as an Italian American you gotta fucking like if Sinatra's alive you better ask permission <laughs> and he did he wrote a letter to Frank and was like I just want you to know I respect you. I would never do anything to insult you. Please don't get your goons to break my legs. But I would like to play you on, on SNL. I just want you to know like I would like your blessing. And Frank was like, you do you, kid. Go ahead. And then you could actually see, like, I like Phil Hartman. I love Phil Hartman as a person. But, like, I thought Piscopo's impression better was actually job. better. Yeah. It was a better job because he actually kind of sang. And it kind of was like, okay, it's not a – it's not – as good as Sinatra singing, but it's it's like Sinatra singing, and right. it's him and Stevie Wonder played by Eddie Murphy, and they're doing a weird kind of rendition of Ebony and Ivory, <laughs> <laughs> and Piscopo Sinatra does a he's like you are black, I am white, life's an Eskimo pie, let's just take a bite. <laughs> You're like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Eddie um, Murphy. 
you know, in, t- in terms of impersonate impersonators on SNL, Eddie Murphy was one of the greatest. Is oh, one yeah. of the uh, he well he him Hartman Hartman's another one I think was really good. Um, but Hartman Carvey's the best. Dana who? Carvey. Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey the is, best. is definitely a master impressionist. Um, um, sometimes I like with Hartman. You can hear the Hartman voice. Like when bit, I yeah. do an impression, you can still hear my voice do an impression. Some are better than others. Like sure. when I do the Joker, it sounds like the Joker. But when yeah. I do like Seth Rogen, you can still hear Rico, but yeah. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, yeah. Same with Robin Williams. Like you could pick a like Robin Williams could do all a bunch of impressions, but you could pick Robin Williams doing a Nicholson impression as opposed yeah. to like Frank Caliendo because right. Rob Williams always sound like Robin. And I think Hartman and uh, Dana Carvey both fell in that kind of trope. It depends on who he was doing, because I have yeah. to disagree with you there. Cause like his Bush is spot fucking on his George Bush is spot on. Okay. And, I'll give and, you and his, his Ross Perot was pretty fucking good too. You know. Okay, but that's because no one else was impersonating Ross Perot. So, like, he had no competition. Well, granted, but still. You know, just real quick, going back to the thing about Sinatra and, and Piscopo writing uh-huh. to him, it makes me think of a line from Ocean's 13 when he's like, he, you shook Sinatra's hand, Willie, and he's, you know... You should have known better. You should have known really, better, right. It's like and, you shook... It's like this weird uh, unofficial club of, like, you shook Sinatra's hand, therefore you should be a good dude. It's like, Sinatra shook hands with everybody. He was Sinatra. Right, but it it, 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 it implied like this membership, and then and then for Willie, you know, um, Pacino's character to come over to the top and be like, screw Sinatra's hand, you know, yeah. was like, because it, it gives Elliot Gold the heart attack, and it, yeah. send, and it sends Danny and Rusty off on their, their thing, which is, the, you know. The revenge thing, which, for a fan like me to hear Pacino be like, screw Sinatra, and I'm like, fuck you, Al Pacino, <laughs> so nice. Um, you know, a yeah. uh, little more background, uh, because obviously Sinatra, Ocean's Eleven is a remake of Sinatra's version of Ocean's Eleven. Right. When, when um, Brad Pitt's first introduced, he's like at, he's, He's like sleeping outside of his car, eating like nachos or something, or an orange or something. It's before it, they bring him into the poker room. He's outside having a, a, a snack. He's standing outside eating. I, be- I believe it is nachos. I think you're right. Yeah. He's staring at a billboard of Sinatra, but they didn't want to be too on the nose, so they cut the the thing. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, at the time it was like. He wasn't in Las Vegas, but he was in Hollywood. He was in L.A. Yeah, he was in L.A. Yeah. But, um, what other, you know, there was a sketch that I, that I like. I mean, you know, Adam Sandler is another one because I think I, I didn't really particularly like a lot of Sandler's sketches, but I did like a lot of the, like, I loved the Hanukkah song. Yeah. Um, there's that one. There, this wasn't a sketch. See, Sandler to me, while some of his sketches were really good, like the Gap Girls, which was probably made more by Spade and Farley, to be fair. But yeah, to be fair, it's probably just made by Farley, if we're really being honest. Right, but if you had to cut one of those three out, it was it it was Sandler because you needed Spade. I think you needed yeah. Spade. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but his his bits on the weekend update were almost second to none in my opinion you know like Santa uh, right like opera man for example mm-hmm. you mentioned him earlier that's one of his best bits and it works it really only works at the weekend update desk you know yeah. he he did one where he was just Sandler but he was doing like crazy Halloween things and it was like I'm crazy spoon man I got a spoon on my head and, like it was ridiculous I but am it was, crazy spoon man I shut up yeah um I got a spoon on my head it was that kind of thing where he gets like angry and yells you know it, it was like I uh, uh, give me some candy have, it, yeah. it was like if you're going dressing up for Halloween on a budget Right, that's totally what it was, and then but then he would also do his songs there. That's where he debuted the Hanukkah song. That's where he debuted the Red Hooded Sweatshirt song. And then he did Lunch Lady, uh, the Lunch Lady with with Farley as a Lunch Lady with a mole on his face. Yeah, I think that was actually a sketch too, though. I think that turned into a sketch ultimately. I don't know. It wasn't a sketch. It was just a. Oh yeah, Adam Sandler wanted to play with my guitar. And uh, how are you? Yeah. Um. Which. Going back to that special you recommended, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of the, him. Yeah, I told you. It's a lot. It's more musical than you expect because it's intercut with like he, him doing stand-up at three or two different five. venues. Five. Okay, five. fuck. Yeah. Five different venues intercut. So it's like he does a musical number or a rap, and then it's like a fucking little – like he has like like two jokes, and then it goes somewhere else. Like It's the most eclectic – special but it's it's but not it hard to watch yeah it, re- it totally works and it was fun to watch and i'll 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 be honest with you when he <laughs> when he went into the farley song i had tears i told you, you it know, was hard it was, man it, it was hard and i'd already I, heard it i'd heard it on an snl before i saw this and it's still you know i still think phone wallet keys is one of the funniest that was funny <laughs> yeah that was pretty funny um, I, I, it's like, there's the part, he's like, I got on the plane, it was a Delta. Delta. The guy next to me fought it. I spelt it. I spelt it. Oh, it was a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. He, he, he got to be far, or I mean, Sandler and, you know, do some bits, do some music and tell some jokes. Cause he's actually a talented stand up. If you want, if you go find some of his old stand up, he's actually a pretty good stand up, you know. Well, or you could just watch the opening part of Funny People. Right, which actually is a movie I I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. I I enjoyed that movie, but it's still forty five minutes too fucking long, and the whole fucking Leslie Mann kids Adam Sandler thing is just God. You could have trimmed so much of that movie. It would have been so yeah. Funny. I like the part with um. Oh God, why am I blanking on his name? The singer. Romano? What? Oh, the singer. Yeah. Um. Fuck. I'm gonna have to look it up now because that's gonna bother me. But yeah, because he's M&M? a famous. What's that? Eminem. No, no, it's a famous like like legendary singer, and it's in the movie, and he's like gets invited. If I remember correctly, he gets invited to oh. a party, and uh, I can't remember his name. I'm blanking on his name, and he plays himself, like he's playing he play, himself. He d- yeah, he does a thing. He's like, "You ever get?" T-? Rogan's like, "You ever get tired of singing the same song over and over again?" He's like, "No." You ever get tired of talking about your dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. Uh, where is it? Hold on. I'll find it because that's going to bother me. Um, oh, shit. Eric Banner's in that movie. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, Eric Banner plays the most Australian Eric Banner, dude. 
Rizza is in this movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. Dude, just everybody's in that fucking movie. Ray Romano's in that fucking movie. Yeah. And, and Eminem yells with like, Ray, do you want to fuck me? He's like, I, I don't know what he's yelling James at me about. James Taylor. That's who I'd have oh, been thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Because James Taylor, just to kind of to, to go back to your Sinatra point, in this movie, in this world, James Taylor is like the Sinatra. Like, you get into James Taylor party and you're in. Like, that was, right. you know. So, um, and of course, Andy Dick, fuck him. Um, um, you know, there's a, it's so weird, there's a cameo. Because at one point in Funny People, like, it's all, all, all the celebrity buddies that he knows going up to him. And like commenting, like, you know, like Eminem saying, you know, I think you should have died. I think you fucked them, made a mistake. And then Ray Romano. And then there's a guy named Charles Fleischer, I want to say. Okay. And he does this whole, and he, he's not a like, he's one of those faces you're like, I recognize him, but I don't know who he is. And he does this whole bit with Sandler where he's like, you know, I call, oh, you know, I know the devil's going to call you on the phone. Like, Hello, get you the devil. That's I didn't know, but like that's the guy who plays Robert Roger Rabbit. Yep, yep. And then I made that weird connection when I rewatched the movie Zodiac. He is like he has the one of the creepiest yep. scenes in Zodiac. He does. Yep. So you're watching him like, oh fuck. Um, yeah. He's also in Nightmare on Elm. He's apparently also on Nightmare on Elm Street. He is in the first time in Elm Street. He plays a doctor who specializes in dreams but then he says the truth is we actually don't know what dreams do it's like well you're not a specialist then yeah right (laughs) Right. you don't know what the fuck you're talking about you're like all of us like well we don't know what they are which by the way i've always had a problem with the term a doctor practicing his medicine i don't want someone to practice i want a (laughs) fucker who knows what he's doing (laughs) i want an expert who fucking be like no no i've I have expertly figured out this form of medicine. Not, well, I'm still practicing. Practicing makes perfect. Fuck that. I want perfect. That's why I'm coming to you. Oh, well, shit. I guess I hadn't practiced enough. Where's my yeah. rubber gloves? So, I'm not really being serious. but the ter- I get it. But yeah. the term practicing does not help. Like, you know? Right. For real. How so. long have you been practicing? 20 years. Should should know what the fuck you're doing then? <laughs> If I was um, practicing riding a bike, you better hope I know how to get on that fucking thing. Getting um, back to Sandler, though. Sandler's yeah. movies have really been kind of hit or miss. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I feel... It's an up and down. It really is. Because he's got some... Like, I know, and I'm definitely in the minority for this, but, like, because I know people that love, like, um, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore... You know those that that era of Sandler movies, and I'm kind of like meh. You know, I I kind of like Happy Gilmore, but even that one, I'm not like, oh my god, I love it. You know, right? I'm I'm with you on that one. It's it's like if someone wanted to see it, I'd watch it, but it's there, not yeah. like, dude, I'm in the mood. Like I'm more in the mood to be like, dude, I want to rewatch Big Daddy. Yes, that one I would rewatch. And, and Happy Gilmore, like, do you remember the, li- the, the list of movies we did where we talked about, like, you turn it on and you watch it if it's on? Like, we did that not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it it it's, doesn't make my list of those movies, but it is one of those movies that if it's on, I'm not going to be like, okay, we'll turn this shit off. You know, like, it, it somehow... Sure. You know, it, I don't know why, but it does, you know. Whereas and, Big Daddy, if I'm like, there's nothing to watch... And then I stumble upon like 
oh, Big Daddy's halfway through on USA. I'm going to that channel. Yeah, I... I could kick back and watch Big Daddy every single time. I haven't seen that movie in so long, but I loved it. I did. And then there's some there's some great lines from it and, you know, memorable moments. And I think that's... I think that's my... It's my second exposure to Buscemi. I, I've always thought it was pronounced Buscemi. Well, whatever, but yeah, I... No, because he... But he's done... He's done Steve, both. He said both, so he yeah. really likes to fuck with us. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, look at his characters for fuck's sake. Say, hey, it's Steve Buscemi. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, oh, it's also it's Steve Buscemi. Make up your fucking, fucking mind. mind. My first exposure to him that was Con Air, because he's in I that. Still, I still have not seen Con Air all the way through. You I said Con Air by mistake. Con yeah. Air. Well, you know, you're you hey, shaved this week. You're missing your your yeah. Um, but. You know, going back to the Sandler movies, like it, that's a, but that's good. Some great scenes in that one, you know. And then you get stuff like, um, oh, well, I mean, if we're trying to do it in order, like I'm a big fan of the Wedding Singer. I like that movie quite a bit. Um, as much as I like Big Daddy, that might be my favorite Sandler movie. I, it's really not mine. I love the. I think the ending song is really romantic and sweet. But it's really not. I, I've never been a real fan of the wedding singer. I like it, it, it's it's it may be one the one of the mo- most popular ones that I've seen the least. Let's put it that way. Okay, I, I because there's more recent ones that are like I just haven't seen at all. Well, yeah, he's like, got that that deal with Netflix now where he's like putting out a movie every other year or some shit. And I haven't seen most of those, you know. But uh, yeah, I saw the ridiculous sex. That was that was for me like. Oh, he doesn't even give a fuck. He just he just stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> right. He got his check. You know, he looks like he's having fun. But, but like, yeah. Sandler's not an idiot. Like no, that's the no. whole point is that in this special we were talking about, he's got a heart and he's not a stupid man. No. And, you know, he's a real, real dude. You know, I don't think he plays the character real life. He's got children. You know, yeah. you, you can't be an irresponsible fucking guy in every movie. And he's been with his wife for 20 plus years. Like, I mean, that... which is rare as fuck. Uh, right. Right. And, so, and he's always putting her. He's always she's always in his movies. Right. And and she's also taking a lot of blunt of his jokes, too. I mean, like, you know, so. But if you double back to the wedding singer, I think the reason for me and, and we've talked about this kind of stuff before. I lived through the 80s. I remember a lot of that music. I remember a lot of that era. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's why that touches me a little more. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it it just, like, I I remember the guys, like, the the fiancé that Drew Barrymore's character has yeah. until the end. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I so, yeah, that one that one talks to me a little more. I The thing that I love, I will tell you about this, is a good friend of mine got married, God, I guess it's, it's 2020, so it's got to be seven years ago now, seven or eight years ago. And their first dance was the song at the end, the, Mm. the I'll grow old with you. I miss you. Yeah. Kiss you. Which by the way, the, the, the remake, if you will, that he made for his wife on that special was Mm. pretty badass too. I I have to say. Yeah. You know, it's weird because Sandler can sing. Like yeah, you no, know, he he can play guitar too. I mean, he, he can play guitar, but like, there's a big difference between like, put on your yarmulkes, right? Time for, I mean, 
because then, like, he... Did you ever see Eight Crazy Nights? Once, yeah. Okay, so that we... <clears throat> for, for a brief period, that was the movie that Michael and I would watch if we were hanging out around Christmas or during the holidays. Because it's like, it's a holiday movie, but it's naughty as fuck. Mm-hmm. And also because I was such a massive fan of all three iterations of the Hanukkah song, because it's three year, yeah. or four. Three or four, movies, yeah, something like that, yeah. That I just was like a whole movie more or less based on like the fucking one of my favorite joke songs. It, it's, Fuck yeah. it's, it's the bad Santa of Jewish holidays is what it is. Sure. But also, but it, when you listen to it, the songs are catchy and it's Adam Sandler singing and it sounds, he sounds good. Yeah. And also it's him doing character voices yeah. as well as singing like, that's a technical foul. Like, you know, the whole. But see, then you what? get, then you get shit like Jack and Jill, which. You know, I'll tell you something funny. We, we have had Jack and Jill on the sales rack since I started working there. Oh, I'm sure. Five. Adam- Years and when that place closes, guess where it's going to be? <laughs> where it should have been the dumpster. Yeah, well, maybe, but yeah. What do you mean when that place closes? Man, have some fucking faith. <laughs> Not all of us are going to lose their fucking jobs, CJ. Ow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have like credentials. I'm a fucking video store clerk manager, dude. Um, that's head. You know, but then you get stuff like Click, which I think is underrated. You know, agreed. And, and in a weird roundabout way, that sort of was a, a kind of inspiration for this conversation because yeah, we were like, I was like, man, dude, I just rewatched Click. The fuck, that movie's so good, and well, Sandler's I mean, great in it. Yeah, he's great in it. Kate Beckinsale's really good in it. You know, which um, only Adam Sandler could get Kate Beckinsale to be his wife, right? Well, Although, she did. Fair, his, she, his real wife looked as hot too. Yeah, and and on top of that, she dated Pete Davidson. So I mean, come on. Which earlier in this conversation, I said I actually had kind of defended Pete Davidson because there was a whole lot of there's photos of them making yeah. out. Yeah, and so many people were like, "Kate Beckinsale deserves better. He's such a piece of shit. He's such a trash." And I'm like, Would "You leave the guy alone. He's making out with Kate Beckinsale. You think he gives a fuck about yeah, right? Think? That's what I'm saying. And apparently, it was her idea. Like she was." She likes the the younger guys apparently, but anyway, her her fucking preference is all over the fucking place, dude. She right. was married to. Uh, wasn't she Ma- married? Wasn't she married to her co-host from or co-host co-star from uh, Underworld briefly? That guy, yes, yeah. That's what I'm sorry, uh, Michael Sheen. I was trying. To, I was like, it's not Martin. It's not Charlie. It's Michael Sheen. There you go, machine, machine. Um, so yeah, like they were together, and then like she, I think, started dating the director of Underworld. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, married him too, I believe. I don't. Fu- uh, she's all over the. F- well, not anymore. Yeah. She's so. I think she was just like, I want young and dirty and covered in tattoos and. Okay. Okay. You, you do you. you. I mean, I was jealous. You, but you know, what you be do? your cougar ass, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> um. But yeah, click clicks and. Uh, you know, like I said, underrated. And to me, it's a more comedic version, which is odd to say, considering the movie I was going. I'm going to cite also stars Robin Williams, but it's a comedic version of Bicentennial Man to me. Really? Because it's 
it screams it's a wonderful life. But so does Bicentennial Man to a degree, you know. How? How do you, how do you figure? Have you seen Bicentennial Man? Yeah, numerous times, which is why I'm confused. Well, because that, that whole, like, moving forward, so it's maybe not as far in the future, but it's that whole, like, watching... Jump? Yeah, the jumps and watching the the people you care about. Like, you have that one constant character in, in Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams watching, you know, Little Miss and then her daughter, or her granddaughter, I should say, you know, and... Well, because I don't, I don't remember the character's other name. Little you know? Miss works, yeah. Yeah. And then you, with her granddaughter, you know, and and the kid, the the kids, her kids who don't like him, you know, and that whole thing. I felt like there was a similar vibe within Click. It's not as stretched out, but the vibe's um, similar. I'd have to rewatch Bicentennial Man to really see that comparison. It, for me, it's always been, uh, it's a wonderful life. It's I mean, that's that's not an unfair comparison. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but my brain goes to Bicentennial Man first. Fair enough. You know, the, one of the most frequent jokes that I think of that I've now adopted in my own uh, jargon is whenever I take sugar out to, like, go yeah. to the bathroom outside. Right. I was like, Stiffy Law Droppings, let's go! <laughs> that's funny. Um, um, do we want to... Talk about some of these other, you know, actors that have come off Saturday Night Live because we're, we're 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 skimming over some pretty big names here that we haven't sure. talked about. I mean, you got Chevy Chase, you got Bill Murray, you know. Fuck you, fuck you, Chevy Chase. Yeah, well, I'm missing the why on that. I think Chevy Chase is a giant ass bully, and no one in Hollywood likes him. Like he is so egotistical yeah that he does the whole like, like kevin smith did a whole wrote about him i don't know if he's talked about him in on air or in uh, on a right in a, in a public thing but he did a whole thing where he wanted to uh make a sequel or a remake of fletch which chevy chase had he done. has talked about this yeah well, i don't remember the detail this. he's uh, also talked about it yeah okay and chevy chase was fletch but he wanted to like make a son of Fletch or Fletch lives or yeah, something, something like with that Jason, yeah. with Jason Lee. And so they said, OK, well, you have to go and meet with Chevy to get approval and, right. and yada, yada, yada. And Kevin admittedly was like, dude, I was a massive Chevy Chase fan, which is why I want to do a Fletch movie. Right, so, right. So he meets up with Chevy and Chevy apparently proceeds to tell Kevin that he is essentially – that he Chevy has created comedy, and that it was there was no comedy before Chevy Chase, and since he hasn't done it as much, everything else after him is not as funny. And he, and then he just proceeded to like interesting. Like, he just proceeded to wear down Kevin Smith's like interest. Like he's like like he just made him fall out of love of of wanting to do a movie that he was really passionate about doing. Sure. Um, but I mean Chevy Chase. Got roasted by the Friars, and they were all so fucking mean that Chevy actually went home that night and sobbed uncontrollably because he actually it finally hit him that he's not liked, and he did it himself. But he still was like, "Why are they being mean to me?" Because you're fucking mean to everybody, dude. Like you, there's been so many stories about how like he was on whatever Parks and Rec or Community or whatever the fuck show he was on, where he was like abusing extras. 
not in a sexual kind of way. Right, 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 I, right. Just I bullying. have heard that as well. Oh, really? Okay. I think it just was kind of like a sexual, like, like flirtation, and he was just inappropriate with what he said. Mm. But that's because he's like, I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not, which is his fucking the way he intru- like introduces Weekend Update. He's like, I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. But it, at the same time, it's like an egotistical, like I'm Chevy Chase, and therefore fuck you. You know, okay. He's just not like, dude. Like, and he okay. got fired from that show because of how he was just treating everybody. Like, I think Adam Scott went up against a scuffle with him. Like, it was, you know, yeah, Chevy Chase. Yeah, fine. Chevy Chase was on SNL, but like, even Bill Murray and Chevy got in a fist fight on SNL. Like, Bill Murray, of all fucking people, it, it, it's, and we've actually talked about, just like with Will Ferrell, I'm not the I'm not the biggest Bill Murray fan, but I definitely respect that he you know. Whereas I respect Bill Murray, I'm like you are funny to a certain degree, and I respect that you right. went your you were you went your ropes. Whereas Chevy Chase is just a giant ego with legs. Right, right. M- Murray just is a bit of misunderstood and maybe confused. Whereas Chevy's well aware of what he's what he's doing. You know. Sure. Um. So I found a list here on the wiki that I've been, you know, keeping up during this whole conversation. And I don't think these are the top 11 movies that are solely inspired by sketches. But they have SNL connection. Is that really how it I is? think they're all produced by SNL in some capacity, like, like or Lauren Lorne, Michaels. or Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to guess the most, the most profitable one that's, for him um i could try let me think there's a couple of surprises on here the the most profitable shouldn't be but there are a couple of surprises on here okay well i'm gonna guess like probably an austin powers one is the most Mm-mm. profitable i don't no? think he produced those at least if he did it's not on this list so i don't me. know how accurate this list is but okay yeah. um is it wayne's world yeah the first one first one yeah okay but Two is number three. Well, that's not a that's not a big surprise. What's the number one two? The Blues Brothers, the original, yeah, the original that Blues makes Brothers. Sense. Yeah. Then that you got. Be, then made all the money. Yeah, and then you get into some of the surprises. I mean, maybe not terribly surprised, but it, things we didn't like. So number four, Superstar, the Molly Shannon one with the weird. Number five that's... is Night at the Roxbury. Okay. But then you get the Coneheads. Really? Neither Roxford's superstar made more than Coneheads? Um, only by nine million, which I know doesn't oh, sound like oh, a lot of money. Nine but, million, yeah. But I mean, compared to Wayne's World, that made a hundred. Okay, so just to put it in comparison, Superstar made thirty thirty point six million dollars. Okay. What's the budget? Uh, fourteen. Okay. So that's now. Profit. The most expensive budget on here is only $33 million on any of these. And on, and ironically, that one lost money. <laughs> but um, Wayne's World made $121.6 or almost $7 million. Wow. You know, so... Which right now, that would be a fucking bomb if you yeah, think about it. Well, that. but if you adjust for inflation, I bet you it's way more than that. But sure. it only costs them twenty million to make it, because half of it's in a fucking like basement, right? So you know, um, 
The 33 million one is Coneheads. Mmm. And it only made 21.2. Well, that's because of spaceship, prosthetics, monster all that shit, stuff, yeah. all yeah, that yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. There's a lot of special effects in that movie, too, if you think about it. There's some yeah. special effects. So, um, But yeah, so Coneheads, then Blues Brothers 2000. Ugh. Ugh. I've never seen that. I do want to see it. It's so bad. Is it? It's so bad. Because I like Aykroyd and I like Goodman. I would think it would be good. That helps. Goodman helps. But, like, you know, you almost kind of want, like, Aykroyd and Jim Belushi. Yeah, which I think a lot of people thought was going to happen, and it ended up being Goodman instead. But then you're like, but wait, how would that work? So, like, Jake had an actual brother that they never mentioned, and then he, like, said, oh, well, me and Elwood are, are, like, the Blues Brothers because we're best friends. Because they're not real brothers. They were right, 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 right. Yeah. orphans together and then Um And I guess it makes more sense of having like an actual long lost brother that looks very similar to yeah, John see, Belushi. It's funny, from the Coneheads on, they all lose money. All of them. Oh yeah. No, because Blues Brothers cost twenty eight to make and they only made fourteen. Um the ladies man ladies man yeah it was tim meadows he was like that he had a lisp and he was always drinking cognac and he yeah but they made a movie of it yeah i remember that movie yeah i never saw it but i remember when it came out yeah dude that's weird it's 20 years old this year it's been out for a while so everything is 20 years old at this point right um but that the trump Trump impeachment was 20 years old (laughs) it cost 20 million 24 million to make and it only that made was, 13. That was a waste of fucking money. Then McGruber. Okay. I actually... A I lot of people should, love McGruber. I, you know, I gotta be... It, it is so bad, but there is so many... There's a couple fucking, like, really funny scenes where I have laughed and felt like my ribs will break. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. So... <coughs> so can i give you i know the concept of it okay so yeah. it, it's basically what if macgyver had a fucking stupid son essentially. yeah 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 okay <laughs> there's a part <laughs> there's a part where mcgruber is about to have sex with Kristen wiggs character and they have that montage me- like love music that's really popular in like, the 80s like sure it, it just that sh- like it's like soft eighties rock and roll. And it's like them like licking each other, like really passionately. It's really erotic. And then the movie cuts to him thrusting really, really like obvious, like, like, like a, like a porno kind of thrust. Right, right, right. And she's underneath him and he's making the funniest sex. So it's like, ee, 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 ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. And then he just keeps going. He's like, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot inside you. And then you see Kristen Wiig is covering her face. One, because she was laughing so fucking hard. Two, because he's actually dripping sweat on her. So she was like covering her face. And then later, I I just have to finish this. Later, MacGruber had had an earlier wife that had died at their wedding by Val Kilmer. Okay. So – he he's like after he has sex with Kristen Wiig, he feels so bad because he just basically is like I just fucked 
away my my first wife's memory. I feel guilty, even though he totally just fucked the woman. He didn't really feel guilty doing it. Mm -hmm. He goes to the cemetery, and the ghost of his first wife, played by Maya Rudolph, like basically gives him like it's okay, it's time to move on, be with your new girl. I need you to be happy. And then the eighties erotic music kicks in again, and they start. He's basically making out with his ghost ex, his ghost widowed dead wife. Oh dear! And then it does the eighties montage, and then it it does the cut to him fucking nothing. He's completely butt ass naked in a cemetery. She is laying on a tombstone or like sitting up on it. And he's thrusting nothing, but he's so into it that he's actually thinks he's fucking his wife. And there's like a guy working at the cemetery who's just like, what the like? He's just like digging a grave. He's like, what the fuck? And Will Forte is just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so stupid. But when like I first saw it, I'm like, they wrote and filmed this fucking movie. And then in his own mind. He's having sex with her. Right. So it's Maya Rudolph, and they're basically having this weird sex sound off, like, ooh, yeah, oh, wow, oh, mm, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, and like, off and on. And he's like, I'm oh, going to shoot, like, I'm going to shoot, too. And, like, you just watch this, you're like, Ryan Phillippe at one point is naked with a celery stick up his ass as a distraction so MacGruber can shoot the bad guys. What the fuck? Right. This movie well, should have made way more money, just for no, those two scenes no. alone. No. Yes. Um, I'm going to send you the clips for them later. No, please don't. Um, the next one down on the list is Stewart saves his family. Stewart with uh, Stewart Smalley. Yeah, Al, Al Franken uh, played him. Al yeah. Franken, yeah. Um, people, goddamn it, people like me or where the fuck? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Character? Yeah. Um, Fifteen million to make made nine hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Wow. Did he? Oh, the next one's worse. Oh, really? The last one on the list is... It's Pat. What? It's Pat. It's Julia Sweeney. She plays a character named Pat who is very gender neutral. You don't know if it's a male or a female. And it's very... The 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 bit was that every time you would try to narrow it down, she would answer the question with a non-binary type of answer. So you never knew what gender they, Pat was. And they made a whole fucking movie of like... Yeah. What is what is Pat? It's just a it's just a No, 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 that's the gimmick is they made a whole movie of what is Pat? Yeah, I guess. And so <coughs> All right, give me the budget. 8 8 million. Okay, I'm going to guess how much it made. Please. $3. Not that bad. No. Okay. One not 1 million dollars. Uh let's see. <laughs> um I'm going to be I'm going to be real. 32,000. $60,822. Uh, that's, that's pretty close. They pulled the movie in the first week. The, really? The, 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 because it was doing so bad. They it pulled made it. 30, it made 60,000 though. That's, this movie came out when? Uh, August 1994. Okay. So I would say on the average, you were going to movies more than I was. So an average ticket would have been five bucks. Five to seven, yeah. Okay, so five dollars per ticket for sixty thousand. That's so that means how 12, many fucking... twelve thousand people saw it. 
there's 12,000 people out there that have got to tell me what the fuck this experience was like. <laughs> if anybody has seen this movie and you saw it in theaters and you have to like go through a CD fucking like video store and be like, oh, you want that awful piece of shit? I got it right here. Tell me what the fuck the movie was like because at no point do I want to actually see this. I just want to fucking hear how weird it was. Like, I didn't even want to see Night at the Roxbury. By comparison, just to give you an idea, because I looked this up because I knew we'd, we'd want to know. Hold on. I got it. Fuck, where'd it go? I just lost it. Son of a bitch. Okay. Mallrats cost $6.1 to make and grossed $2.1. So it still lost money, but by comparison, uh, Mallrats did better. Yeah, because Mallrats was actually funny. But it wasn't sitting on this this you know monster that is saturday Night live like you know that's my point you know yeah but maybe snl should take a break well yeah well so that's that's the money aspect of some of these movies but i think i think we need to probably start i mean i don't know how much more we can say i mean really you know well you had talked about your uh favorite sandler films yeah like Big Daddy was one for me because yeah. I saw that in theaters, uh, and I think I, it was relatable because I was like a little older than the kid, but I was still a kid, and I went and saw my mom. And you know, there, there's something about like seeing a movie that's like PG-13 or up with your parent when you're a kid. It's sort of a weird bonding experience. Like I've talked about how my mom took me to see James and Bob when yeah. I was ten years old. Like that's it's this weird thing where like, oh my god, my parent can be cool. My parent, my parents okay with me watching like a movie with dirty language. Yeah. You know, like I saw the South Park movie the second, no, the third time in Canada with my brother, Joel and my dad. I remember you told, yeah, you told us that story before. Yeah. So, uh, so I saw big daddy and I, I was in Palm Springs when I saw big daddy in theaters and I that night I got a massive fucking migraine mm. like two in the morning and re- basically recreated the shit where the kid throws up. Yeah. And then like my mom was like, we could you are. Are you copying the movie? Because I just barfed on because my migraines. I get really sure. dizzy yeah. and, and motion and nausea. Um, so I actually had daddy, my first my first one ever on Thursday. You had a migraine. Oh, God, it was brutal. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not excited. Uh, sucks, <laughs> but I'm like, I get that. Yeah. But I'm like, I mean, can you it woke uh, it woke me up out of a dead sleep. Dead sleep woke me out of you, a dead sleep. Did you throw up? No, I didn't get that bad. But what did you, I mean? I'm just curious because it's it's sort of like in a weird roundabout way. It's my thing, but like I'm curious. Yeah. Like, how did what did, did you like see? spirals did you no i just had the really bad headache but i know other people that have migraines beside you and i've talked to them and they said oh yeah you definitely had a migraine based on like where i was feeling it and like how it radiated and where it stayed and that whole thing so and it, and it lasted pretty much all day no it woke me out of a dead sleep around three in the morning i got up and i took like four advil and yeah. passed the fuck out and woke yeah. up like six hours later and I mean, yes, it, it, it lasted, when you say it lasted all day, like, I was able to get up and function and not have any problems, but there was still pain. Like, I yeah. felt, yeah, but, like, the, the you bulk of it. the lights off and shit? No, I didn't need to. Like, by that point, by the point that I rewoke up, it was, 
just like a mild irritant. So I'm sure it wasn't oh. as severe as some of the other ones can be, but just you, based you got on light, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I didn't mean but, to derail your thing, but yeah. no, 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 it's it's fine. Um. Uh, Little Nicky was another one for me. Little Nicky's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. It's got a bit of a heavy metal ring to it, so that's what I like about it. My right. my favorite part about that movie, honestly, because it's not great, but my favorite part about that movie is when he talks about they're talking about it, if you play Ozzy backwards, do you hear you know weird shit? And he's like, no. But if you play Chicago backwards, it's like I am saying, I am saying, yeah. I will rule all Yeah. Um, when, when you talk about Big Daddy, though, I want to double back there for just a second. Like, it, it hits me in a couple of ways, too. I mean, I'm being adopted, you know what I mean? Was one also, though, like, and in a much less important way, because it came out in 1999. And at 1999, I had just kind of discovered going to Hooters. Um, well, I know, it's silly, but like every week they would do trivia at Hooters and a bunch of my friends and I would go over there and order wings and play trivia and hang out, you know, so like the fact that they were celebrating at Hooters, him, you know, and stuff was just kind of like a thing, you know. I, I've only been to Hooters once and it was in Florida. Okay. It was in Orlando, Florida. I had to go there for a wedding that my girlfriend at the time was the maid of dishonor for. <laughs> Okay, and, and I say that because like so much shit that could have happened wrong at a wedding did happen at this wedding. Yeah. Like the the bride side was like, there's no other way of saying it apart from like they were like Hillary Clinton's family. They were like real upper class and kind of like Democrat, but like they made you feel like assholes. Oh, and, I. I have a similar wedding story, and maybe we'll share okay. these. Just save these for another day. But uh, the the gist okay, of it, well, I, I I could save it. The gist of it is, I was in the wedding, and mm. the bride side are heavy, heavy practicing Mormons, mm. and the groom side is not at all. Well, well that and, was sort of the clash. Yeah, and this, I, yeah, I, yeah, I envisioned that based on what you were saying, but it's the same kind of thing, and it was yeah. So we'll save those maybe for another day. Okay, but, I'll be, I, let's do it soon because it's it's fun. Um, but at the same time, going back to the to the Big Daddy thing for a minute, so like, see, you know, like being, you know, doing that on a weekly basis and then seeing them doing the movie was was fun, you know. So sure. Um, my one of my favorite parts in Big Daddy was Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, as the homeless guy, uh, and they're like, the, because I was sort of that kid. Like that kid who yeah. saw a homeless guy and we just kind of wanted the life story. Like I was like, why did you get here? Are you okay? And then like I would only have like a couple of dollars, but like you could have this. And then my dad or my mom would be like, all right, we got to go. Like, let's stop. Right, right, right. Let's, let's go. And I'm like, dad, can you give him a job? And he's like, what? what? And then I was like, I don't know. And, and the, the homeless guy was like, hey, I, I appreciate your son trying to help. And I'm not asking for any favor. And my dad's like, no, right. no, he's right. You gotta wait, you know, you come by my house, rake, rake my, uh, my front lawn. I'll give you, you know, I'll give, I'll pay you whatever it was. 20 bucks, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like 10 bucks an hour. It's like, here, you do all this is 20 bucks. Right. Well, that, yeah. I mean, from what you're talking about, your dad, that sounds about right. Um, so Big Daddy was one. Little Nikki was one. Can, 
But my favorite part about Big Daddy, not just the Hooters thing, is also like, because there's two things that I still do to this day from that movie. You, you throw sticks at the the fucking people no, that are rollerblading? No, I don't throw sticks at rollerbladers. Um, primarily because nobody rollerblades anymore. But that's not the point. That's, that's true. <laughs> oh, you, no. you, you hawk a long ass loogie? No, I don't. Do, I never. I never could do that. I could never get that to stay connected. My, bro- my brothers would do that. I'm sure like, they did. Probably down. over your face and stuff. Yeah. No, it was um, still. Be, at one point, they fucked them. Just spat on my face. <laughs> no, you ate thirty packets of uh, ketchup. There was a one. The one joke died off, but there was a group of us and we used to hang out. And the "I have a belly button" thing was an ongoing thing for a long time. <laughs> Um, that's, that's died off. But the two things that, well, no, cause it, you, who started, it was this really cute girl that we knew and she wore these like midriffs, you know? Mm-hmm. So she'd be like, I have a belly button. And we'd all be like, yes, you do. <laughs> but cause it was like two girls and like seven dudes that would hang out in this group. So, I mean, you do the math, right. but anyway, um, the other, the other two that I still do is the, when he's teaching him how to read and he's. And he's also helping the delivery guy learn English. <laughs> so he's like, hip, hip, hip hop, hip hop anonymous. David, you give him all the easy ones. You know, so like that, that makes me laugh all the time. And then the, um, um, oh fuck, I just blanked. Oh, I win. What's the name of this game? I win. Mm-hmm. When there's playing poker and he's got like nothing. And he's like, why do you win? Cause I win. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've done Michael and I have done that. We're, we're playing uh, cards or something. It's like I win. Why do you win? Because I win. What the fuck's the name of this game? I, I win. win. Yeah. I um, I don't know if you noticed it, but I had a back and forth with Rebecca, I think, on Twitter, and I used the GIF from that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I remember. Uh, so uh, Schneider, you know, here's another one. Schne- yeah, Schneider. Yeah, Schneider he wouldn't have a career like, if it wasn't for Sandler. Let's be real. Oh, what. I mean, he was always the guy known as "You can't do it." Yeah, yeah. Um, which I have said on the show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Schneider, you know, there was an old. I, I I was a big, massive fan of Mad Magazine. They did a whole thing where it was like a the daily life of Adam Sandler. It oh, was dear. just a quick like yeah one one or two page thing, and it was like nine a.m. Get up. Uh, and look in the mirror and yell for 20 minutes and make funny faces. And then it was like 11.30 a.m. Get Schneider to come over and yell at him to pull all to clean the gutters because that's the only work that he could do that day. The, the Brad Pitt role in uh, Once Upon a Time? Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the fucking bitch boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then it was I mean, like, he even did it in the special. When he's Yuri, the the space cosmonaut that they sixty nine together. I mean, like, um, and then it was like two twenty. Go get the same fucking haircut you've gotten for, for fifteen years. years the yeah. Jerry Lewis special is what yeah. they called it. Um, I, I so think even my f- like Schneider was just like always getting shit on. I I was just gonna say I think my favorite Schneider roles in his movies though is probably. The delivery guy from Big Daddy and um, his Hawaiian friend in Fifty First Dates. Yeah, Fifty First Dates was another one that that's I a good one. thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, it's a good one. Like, like we've talked about some good ones and some bad ones. Like Jack and Jill, to go back for a brief minute, 
Jack Terrible. and Jill yeah. has one of the, but it has one of the funniest Al Pacino moments. Was he in that movie? He was, he and Johnny Depp are both in that movie, but they're playing themselves. Okay. And Pacino becomes infatuated with Jill played by Adam Sandler. In right, 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 right. Yeah. And he like invites her to his house and she breaks his Oscar and she says, or he, you know, Sandler, as Jill says, I'm sure you have another one. He's like, you think so, but no, look, right. that's the one. Which we actually talked about on the Oscars episode, if you recall. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Johnny Depp like, plays himself like at a basketball game curbside, courtside. Curbside. Um, <laughs> curbside, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. But then, and then you also have Don't Mess With The Zohan, which is like, ugh. But then. See, that. God. That's a weird one. That's a weird one for me. Because yeah, it's like, it's it, not a terrible. Oh, it's t- pretty terrible. But it's not like, it's kind of funny. But it, it, see, that one would be like, that. that is an SNL bit that just shouldn't have been made into a right, movie. You know what right, I mean? Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be an it, Israeli awesome agent. I, I think. I mean, we can talk about it a little more, but I think, and we and we did say that this was going to be the original conversation. We elaborated out to SNL. Maybe we do need to do a Sandler deep dive because the more we're talking about it, there's more to say. Because you've got the longest yard remake that I think is not as bad as people think it is, or say, you know. But there's a lot of people that are like, you don't fuck with that movie, and the Burt Reynolds one's the only good one, and then this, that, and the third. Where I liked it, I liked it a lot, and then you have, Uh um. Waterboy. What's the other one? Well, just Waterboy, of course. Yeah, but there was another one I was thinking of that I just blanked on. Shit. Um, and we haven't even gotten into a serious stuff like Spanglish and Punch Drunk Love, or yeah, Punch Drunk Love, and uh, there's the new one now, Uncut Gems, which I hear is not real good. But I I've heard it's him really trying to do, like he like he was really aiming for an Oscar role, and, and yeah. he even said like if I don't get nominated, you will see so many bad Netflix movies from me. And well, I guess we're gonna get them then. Um, <coughs> There's also the one he did, "Rain Over Me" or "Rain on Me." It's one of the two. I don't think I know that one, but anyway, the you know, so you, there's a, a couple movies here that we haven't even had an opportunity to touch on yet. And I think maybe we need to maybe expand this into another episode where we do just Sandler stuff. Sure, um, which is weird because background we did try to talk about that <laughs> right i know and but i liked i liked setting this stage with snl first i think you know and and there's a lot of us look for those listening who are fans and maybe some of the older fans i i know we're missing out stuff like we didn't get heavy into Ackroyd, and Ackroyd's had a hell of a career outside of saturday Night live sure you know and Be- because he was always the straight man of belushi and then belushi died and then it was like oh Ackroyd's still around like like we know him from ghostbusters like, yeah. that's really probably his most famous role. But then he's also got roles in some of these other movies we talked about, like Tommy Boy. He's Tommy's father, you know. Or no. No, no he's the he's the competitor, if I recall. Yeah, yeah he's know? Ray Zielinski. Right. Which, R- that character, apparently, like, that name carries through several of these different films. Like, the Zielin- Yeah. I, so I'll have to Callahan. Find- so is the Callahan. Tommy that's Callahan. the one I'm thinking of. Callahan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but, you know... You know, we're missing out on him. We didn't really get into Murray. I know you're not a big Bill Murray fan, but I mean, there's some, you know, Bill Murray's still Bill Murray. But Bill Murray, yeah. we could do a whole one episode thing. We but could. Like, you know, there, there's one 
like there is there was controversy for a lot of SNL as well. Like we kind of very briefly touched on it. There's been some because it's a live show. Yep. There has been a couple instances where there's been the word fuck yep. on air. Yep. There's uh, there's the recently, thing. There's a thing with well, Sinead O'Connor and the Pope picture. Yeah, you know, yeah. You yeah. have that. Uh, you have some of the casting yeah. that just has happened behind the scenes. Like you've got that one year with Joan Cusack and Robert Downey. You know. Yeah, that, I mean that's the weird thing is Robert Downey Jr. is the most successful SNL actor. No, I mean let's 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 look at it like now. Robert Downey Jr. now. I, you could make an argument for Bill Murray still. I think. I don't think so. I think Bill Murray is gonna always get his checks, but he doesn't have that Downey Jr. fuck you. Well, no, if you're talking dollars, yeah. If you're talking flat out dollars, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, there are some people that, like, my brother doesn't particularly like Downey as much as, like, you and I do. Sure. Because his his argument is, like, Downey Jr. plays the same fucking role in every movie. And to a more or less extent, he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, even going back to weird (laughs) science, to a degree, it's just a younger version of current Downey. What? To what? To current Downey. To what what role? What role was? Oh, in weird science. Oh, weird science. Um, yeah, I mean, starting, you could say that. I mean, it's the teenage version of what this character, to your brother's point, that he always plays. It's really, I mean, I would, I would say Sherlock Holmes is a little different than, yes, yes, I'll give you that. I hear Doolittle, while it was kind of terrible, is definitely different. You know, I think my mom went and saw it. She said she loved it, but my mom loves fucking every movie. So, (laughs) um, you know, there's one thing we're talking about tragedy in SNL. There was the actor Charles Rocket. I saw something about that in here, but I'm not familiar with it. So, so Charles Rocket, you've seen Dumb and Dumber. No, parts of it. Okay, he's the bad guy Mm-mm. in in Dumb and Dumber. Okay. He was also in we we talked about an episode the movie Tom and Huck. Yes. So he plays uh, fucking Becky's. Like he's like the judge in the movie and shit. Charles Rocket was on SNL, and I believe he was the first person to say fuck because he was his his character uh, in a segment got shot. So when they're doing the closing segment, the you know the thank yous and the closing you know wrap up after the after each show, uh, one of the actresses, one of the cast members said. So Charles, what's it like to? Uh, how do you feel about getting shot? And he's he's like laying down on stage, kind of looking like depressed, and he's got a lit cigarette. He's like, I don't know, but I I'd like to know who the fuck did it. And he said it very like he was distinctly. Like, oops. Yeah, it wasn't like oops, shit, didn't mean to say that. It was like I don't give a f- I don't know who the fuck did it. And then the whole and the audience loved it, but then he was immediately fired. He did a couple roles. He was trying to do some acting. And if I remember correctly, he fucking like committed suicide by cutting his own throat. Uh, yep. Like yep. that's, that is some hard fucking yeah. way of killing yourself. I yeah. Mean, Hartman was murdered by his crazy coked up wife. Fucking Belushi and Farley fucking did it to themselves unintentionally. They, they knew every time I sort this line or, you know, you know, stick this needle in my arm. It could be my last one. They weren't stupid. 
But like this dude, like like said, this is it. Like it's really heartbreaking. The interesting thing is he was in a couple of pretty big movies too. I'm looking at his IMDb. I saw the last thing I saw him in, which I believe was actually aired a month or two before he committed suicide was an episode of law and order SVU. And he does not come off great in that, but it was such a great meaty villainous role. It's probably that's really kind of it, fucked up that like, that was like the last thing that he did. It might be More criminal intent because I don't see SVU on his list here, but I do see it may have criminal. been criminal intent. Yeah. He, I know more from TV because he's on he's on Quantum Leave. He's on a couple of different shows I've seen. He is also for, I'm not taking away from his movies, but I'm just saying I know more from several TV roles that he was on besides Law and Order. Um, well, because he was, I mean, he had that notoriety. I mean, people. Well, he's got a face really... too that you recognize. Like as soon as I saw his picture, I was like, I know that guy. I've seen him. Yeah, but like he has that notoriety of like, oh, that's the motherfucker who said fuck. See, I, I mean. I, that ha- didn't that know happened. That. Re- there was a there was a whole f bomb on SNL. What like five, ten years ago or something? And the bit it wasn't even a funny bit. It was two girls. I think one of them was Kristen Wiig. I don't remember who does the f bomb, but like it, it may have been uh, uh, Abby. Oh God, she's the daughter of someone who is famous. The guy from um, there's something about Mary, Abby Elliot. Daughter okay. of Chris Elliott. That's who it is. Okay. I think she's the one who does the F-bomb. And she's in a sketch. It may not be her. I don't know who the fuck it was. It may have been Jenny Slate, actually, now that I think about it. The chick who fucked up symbiotes in Venom, you know? She was on SNL, and I think she's the one. She's like, her and her co-star is Kristen Wiig, and they're fucking saying frickin' all mm. frequently. Mm. And so it was just natural where accidentally you're going to say fucking instead yeah. of freaking. Yeah. And she, you can see she's aware that she said it and then she blows up her cheeks really like. Right. Yeah. 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 And, but like, that's the thing is it was such a bad sketch. No one fucking noticed it until people were like, wait, let me rewind my DVR. What the fuck was that? Yeah. 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 I, there's nothing. It's funny because under the Wikipedia, there's a section about controversies, and I'm telling you right now, and there's a section in the cast about the first story you told about the guy who killed himself. Mm-hmm. And that, but that's the only reference to the F word. I'm not saying these didn't, the other ones didn't occur. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm I saying think Jenny, I, I think it's, I want to say it's Jenny Slate. I think if you looked up Jenny Slate, it would come up. Well, but either way, but then if you get into the controversies, the only, oh wait, here we go. There's another. Well, there's found, Jessica Simpson. Right. Okay, there's one with Andrew Dice Clay. Oh. Andrew Dice Clay just opened his mouth and they're like, oh my god, controversy. I think it was because he was hosting it, basically. Um ironic so ironically enough, check this out. And then we'll get we'll so we gotta start wrapping this down. I but might know this, but go ahead. Sinead O'Connor was supposed to be the musical guest for the Andrew Dice Clay one and boycotted the episode and then ultimately ended up being her own controversy later. Um, yeah. there's Rage which, Against the Machine, which, by the way, I've got to, I, I, like, Sinead O'Connor, I kind of have to fucking agree with her. Well, you're, like, you're she, an atheist. She picked yeah. a bad time to do it, <coughs> but what was even funnier was Joe Pesci was the next week's host, I think. Yeah. And then he took, like, a photo of the Pope 
and then like taped it back together and like talked shit about Sinead O'Connor for a second. See, and then that's the only real like major controversy. There's controversy about Kanye being on the show, Kanye West. Yeah. He was because, an asshole off stage. And he also wore a mega hat on yeah. on air. And then yeah. upon, apparently Trump hosted the show during his presidential campaign. Yeah, and he did. that that was a thing. So um, um but that's the only There's not the, really controversy, but there's like Okay, I mean, now here we go. Time, Here's the incidences. Okay, we'll we'll have to maybe yeah, because well, Ashley Ashley Simpson's lip syncing was kind that, of like right. There's wow. there's Kinnison's Kinnison did a stand up. Apparently, it was kind of like you were talking about with the Carlin stuff, and they mm-hmm. actually edited out of the West Coast one. Of course, because Kinnison probably was, really pushed it. Yeah, um, they ran Richard Pryor on a five second delay because back in 1975 there were no delays; they just ran them. Mm-hmm. Um, Pryor, you don't know what the fuck he's gonna say. Um, there was oh, there's Alec Baldwin making overt sexual advances at a Boy Scout character as the Scoutmaster. It's Canteen Boy. A Canteen Boy, yeah, yeah. that was, uh, which is funny because then he's like one of his most famous fucking bits is the sweaty balls, right, right. Which they fucking made a fucking ice cream flavor out of. They made a movie out of it, if I recall. No, I don't think so. I think so. Sweaty balls. Yeah, those characters, not the sweaty balls, but those characters, because the sweaty balls is those, those, the two women that talk very monotone, and they've got that NPR radio thing. Yeah, but, uh, well, the only thing that sort of, well, I mean, I would almost argue Waterboy became, was inspiration from Canteen Boy, because he talked like a little bit like this, you know, it it was, it it evolved into Waterboy. Right. Um... But uh, there's uh, a lot yeah, of them I, here. I think we'll need to maybe re- we'll retouch that too. But because there's a lot of cursing, apparently. Yeah, what, was I was I right? Was it Jenny Slate though? Did you? Oh, see it? I didn't see it. What was? Uh, oh. Yes, yes, it was Jenny Slate along with Kristen Wiig and mm-hmm. so and she, Megan Fox. She, Megan Fox was in that sketch too, apparently. Eh, eh. And then the you know so there's a lot of these cursing ones seem to be later. You know, like more recent. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just because back in the 80s, it was like, oh, my God, he said fuck on the air. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, <laughs> he said fuck on the air. So what? Donald Trump said fuck on the air once. Then, see, there's something that would determine what it, you want to call it a um, controversy or not. Like, because apparently Garth made a comment about Chelsea Clinton because she was a teenage girl at the time and how she was going to be a babe in waiting and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's great, it, but... It's not great, but, like, here's the thing. If it was an ad lib, whoa, buddy, you should have done that. But if it was in the writer's room and it was, like, unanimous, like, yes, that's a fucking joke we're going to keep in. We also have to remember, like, Conan O'Brien was a writer. Like, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, he was a writer there for a long time, as well as, like, for The Simpsons. He was, like, going back and forth, if I remember correctly. Yes, he was. You're right. So, so like, you know, a lot of maybe a lot of the controversy is just... Belongs to Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've. I think. Look, there's there's still a lot to do. It's Saturday Night Live's been on for you know a long fucking time. Like the first yeah. one aired in 1975. Uh, yes, October of 75. So I mean, we're talking, you know, just under 30. It's 30, 30, 35 years. 
40, 45 years. 45. But, yeah, 45. it's 45 years this year. So, I mean, like, that's a lot of history. To it's say, almost 50 years old, and it still isn't as funny. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it feels like it's 45 years old. I'm not saying it should end, but, like, honestly, the last funny cast member to me was Jay Farrow. He's still on the show, but, I think. I thought he left. I think he was booted. No, maybe. I don't know. His impressions are fucking amazing. But for me, I'll always be a fan of Bill Hader. I, I think it kind of dropped a little bit when once Bill Hader left. Like I said, for me, it was the Sandler, Spade, Farley, yeah, Hartman. Yeah, th- for me, that was the, the pinnacle fucking timeline. But like, you know. It's it, never really been funny to me since. So nah, anyway, that's, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's how we ended. It's not funny anymore. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Podesky is a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit their website, bigheadsmedia.com, and follow them on Twitter, at Big Heads Media. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for our work via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Excuse me.